Amen. Let's all please be seated. Some of the things we're going to talk about may be familiar to some of you. Others, many of the things may be strange or new to you. The first time that you may be hearing of such a thing, but these are what the, the things that the Holy Spirit has given me to share with you over a time of 25 years plus, over 25 years. Um, and I want us all to be here, preferably before we start, especially um, those who are believing God for marriage. Just say marriage. Many of you may have seen a book on marriage counseling. Marriage counseling. And um, I'm believing God to come out with another one um, which I'll call Marriage Handbook for Singles and Couples. Things that go into a godly and happy marriage. Things that go into a godly and therefore a happy marriage. This morning or today, we're going to look at a suitable marriage partner. In this first meeting, we are going to concentrate on recognizing, knowing, seeing, and choosing a suitable marriage partner. I know many of you are already married. The things we're going to talk about will help to, to reshaping your marriage where maybe there's a valley. Now that valley shall be filled. Whether there's a hill or a mountain, mid-low. If there's an area that's a crooked, mid-straight. And rough areas, they may smooth. It will also help you in helping your children. You may be already married, but knowledge in these things will help you in the future when your children come to the point of getting married so that you can be able to counsel them, advise them. Um, can you slow down the fans a bit for me, please? Slow them down a bit for me, the fans, too fast. Let me say it again. The things we're going to, going to discuss are relevant to all of us. If you believe in God for marriage, I think you'll find this of immense help, of, of a huge benefit if you are yet to get married. If you are already married, it will help to reshaping your marriage, reshaping your marriage, and help your children when the time comes for them to get suitable marriage partners. And that's why I invited not only the singles, but also the couples. For yourself, 
and for your children. Say amen. amen. Now, by means of introduction, let's go to this scripture that we all know very well. Genesis chapter 2, verses 23 to 25. Genesis 2, and we look at it from a different point of view, different angle. Genesis 2, verses 23 to 25. Genesis 2, 23 to 25. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Not ashamed. Now, beloved, when Eve was introduced to Adam by God, when Eve was brought to Adam in a marriage covenant. Adam looked at Eve and uh, there was a connection, something connected. And he must have realized or seen that the woman who was standing before him agreed it was in, was in every way, in any way, same as he was. There was no difference. In fact, they, were, they, they, they sort of um, were total agreement with you. So he said, now, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. He saw himself in Eve, and Eve saw him in her. They were the same. Bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. No difference. She shall be called woman. Because of that, I said, I am man. Man. And because we are the same, I don't see any difference between me and I said that she had a gender, she's a woman, I am man. But as far as flesh, bone and flesh, we are the same. We, we are in total agreement now all things. So she shall be called woman. Man, woman. Because she was taken out of man. She's part of me. The, one of, the wife I'm seeing before me now, the wife that God has brought to me, is an extension. It's an extrapolation of me. No difference. Two of us are the same. Total agreement. No difference. No argument. No controversy, no quarreling, nothing. We are the same. Just note that. This is by way of introduction. Maybe some of you have seen this, but I have not of it, thought of it that way. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. The Bible therefore says that therefore... Wait, you know, therefore, because of this, because of that sort of agreement, because of 
what, what, what they were, <laughs> a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. You see, so now they are one flesh. This one flesh is only possible if the man and the woman are of the same bone, the same flesh, and taken from each other, they see themselves as the same. Therefore, the word therefore there is important. Because, blood, you see, a man can leave his father and mother and try to be joined to the wife, or vice versa, the wife tried to be joined to the husband. But if they are not in agreement, if they are not in conformity, if they are different, if they are totally different, there's no way they can become one flesh. One flesh means church, one flesh, say one flesh. You cannot have one, two flesh join and say it's one flesh. If you, it is said that, uh, you know that, Yes, you cannot have a, a fish, fish and beef and say it's one flesh. No, they shall become one flesh. Do I don't make myself clear? There are many marriages present that the two are not one flesh. In fact, not only are, are there two separate flesh, but sometimes they can be 20, 20, 20 flesh, 40 flesh joined together, which is not possible. It's not possible. The word therefore means when that condition has been fulfilled, bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. When that condition has been fulfilled, then a man can leave his father and mother and shall be joined to his wife. Though there were two, now, they are one flesh. And if they are one flesh, how can there be any controversy, any problem? They are one flesh. Praise the Lord. And, and they were both naked. They were both naked. The man and his wife. And were not ashamed. Here, we look at two things. Physically, they were naked. They were naked. The reason they were not ashamed was that when Adam looked at his wife, there was nothing to hide. Just as the wife was, so was he. So, no, no um, um, secrecy, nothing to hide. And they were both naked, the man and his wife. Because they have become one flesh. They have become one flesh. They were not ashamed. They were not ashamed. He played by me. But see, this is the physical aspect. Now you come to the spiritual aspect. Now because they are one flesh, they are one. One. So there's nothing to hide. What is it that you have that I don't have? Anything that I have came from you. What you have came from me. So we can be naked and there's no one should be ashamed. No one should be ashamed. Church, are you with me? This by way of introduction. Then another scripture we, we quote. So we are looking at these things now deeply, very much deeply, much more deeply than before. Now, Proverbs 18.22. Proverbs 18.22 reinforces this fact. 
Proverbs chapter 18, verse 22, says that he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Proverbs 18, verse 22. We know this scripture. He who finds a wife finds a good thing. Now, to find something means that you go searching. Hello? My understanding is find something. You find something. You go searching for it and then you find it. You go searching, looking for it. It's like something that is lost or you need something. So you go, look, you go looking for it and you find it. So it involves looking, searching, opening your eyes and seeing that, oh, this is what I've been looking for. Hello? Let me say it again. Suitable partner. Suitable married partner involves finding. Finding means it is there. Find, when you go looking for something, to find something, if that thing is somewhere. Hello? If that thing doesn't exist, you never find it. If it doesn't exist, you shall never find it. Yeah, note all these things carefully. But for you to find it means that that thing is there. I didn't know how now we're here. Oh. So you go looking for it. Then when you find it, and that thing that you find is a wife. And the, that wife that you find is a wife that satisfies Genesis 2, 23 to 25. A wife is a wife that will satisfy the condition of Genesis 2, 23, 25. Because Jesus even quoted it. Quoted it. He said that the two shall be one, not, not two. They are one, not two. They are not separate. They are just one. Jesus quoted this scripture. So when you find a wife, and beloved, unless these conditions are met, sometimes, yes, the world may see you as husband and wife, but you are not. In the eyes of God, the marriage is not husband and wife's relationship. It is just two separate, two separate fleshes living together. They are not joined as one. Two separate. And when you do that, then you don't get the favor from God. But when you find a wife, that means you have satisfied God's condition, you have met God's condition for marriage, then all the blessings that God has ordained for marriage, God gives to you as a favor. May God bless your marriage as a favor. Yeah, these things are deep, yet they are easy to understand. A lot of times we come to that we are ruled by our by emotions. So when the time comes, we don't look at some details. We fail to look at some details and then we rush into it for some reasons and then problems arise. That's when we turn to God and we begin to pray, asking God to intervene. By the time that we are deciding, we set God's word aside. We ignored God. We played God ourselves. And then when God is proved right, then we turn to him and begin to ask him for a solution. Now, remember that 
The first and probably the most important consideration, the next point I want to make, is the first and the most important thing that you have to consider. First and most important thing that you have to consider is the kind of person, the kind of person that you marry. The kind of person. Now, there are different kinds of persons in this world. So the kind of person you marry is the first and most important consideration for any man or woman who is ready to marry. I'll repeat it. Say it again. And don't forget this. Lord, and when we want to marry, anybody that comes, say, yes, 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 yes. You don't look at what kind of person is she or is he. The kind of person you marry is the first and most important consideration for any man or woman who is ready to marry. The next point I want to make is that there's a difference between a big difference between suitability for marriage and readiness for marriage. Different. They're not the same. Because, you see, when you are ready to marry, and many of you are ready to marry, readiness to marry, when you are ready to marry, or readiness to marry, is not necessarily suitability for marriage. You are ready. You want to marry, you are ready. Everything is ready. But you may not be suitable for marriage. You may not qualify for marriage. You may not qualify for marriage. Though you are ready, you are not qualified. There are many who go into marriage because they are ready. Without looking at their suitability. But, on the other hand, when you are suitable for marriage, when you are suitable, qualified for marriage, then you are ready for marriage. Let me say it again. And I hope you understand it. The fact that you are ready for marriage, the fact that you consider yourself ready for marriage, does not mean that you are suitable or you are qualified for marriage. But on the other hand, when you are suitable, anytime you are qualified for marriage, then you are ready for marriage. Later we can ask questions about these things. Taking my time to state this point by point. This will help you, maybe you are my body, to help you when your children, whom you love, brought forth and brought up to adult when they want to marry. May the Holy Ghost bring some of these things to your remembrance. Amen. When your children are young, they don't know much. It is up to you, parents, to guide them, to guide them, to guide them. Praise the Lord. 
Now, you may have been praying to God for marriage. You may have been asking God, Lord, please, I want to marry. Help me to marry. You have been praying hard for marriage. My church, before you even start praying or before you continue to pray your next prayer, before you pray your next prayer for marriage, <laughs> ask yourself, first of all, ask yourself, if you, yourself, you meet God's criteria for marriage, if in the eyes of God you are suitable, if you are suitable, why am I saying this? The Bible said, Jesus said that, I wait for my daughter to sit down before I continue. I wait for Rebecca to sit down before I continue. But she has missed the, every point I've made here is so important that when you miss one sentence, or should we start all over again? Christine, too, is coming, and uh, Daniel, they, they've missed the introduction. Oh. So when you close, somebody tell them the part that, I, or you get the video or the audio. Every point I'm making is important. You see, Jesus said in Matthew 7, let's look at Matthew chapter 7, and I've been saying this for a long time, Matthew 7, 7 to 12. Matthew 7, 7 to 12. Matthew's gospel. 7 to 12. Jesus himself said, he said, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things? Good things. Just say good things. To those who ask him. Therefore, whatever you want men to do to, to do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. Now the whole Bible is summarizing this. The whole Bible. For this is the law and the prophets. Jesus begin by begin by saying that ask. And it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. And to whoever knocks, it will open to. Then he said, For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who asks, receives. And everyone who seeks, finds. And whoever knocks, it will open to him. So that is a principle. That is the law of God. And God's law does not fail. The law of God, the word of God, we say, is infallible. It does not fail. It has no margin of error. You know, if you have faith, it has, so why, why, why am I asking I have not received? But Jesus goes on to say that, he goes on to say that, um, um, sorry. Verse 9. 
Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give me a stone? Though you receive, yes, you ask and you receive. Or if he asks for a fish, will you give me a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven, your father who is in heaven, give good things, good things, just say good things again, to those who are sin. You see, the problem here is that we are asking, seeking, knocking. We are asking, we are seeking, we are knocking. Good. Let us keep asking. Let us keep, let us keep on seeking and knocking. But you see, God, your Father who is in heaven, your Father who is in heaven, yes, you've asked, but he only gives us good things. Your Father gives us only good things. So he said, what, what man amongst you is there when his son asks for bread? Will you give him what? A what? A stone. So, you are the bread. You are asking for, or you are asking for bread. Sorry, you are asking for bread from God the Father. You are asking for a wife, you are asking for a husband. You are, but in asking, you are asking God to give you bread. But God looks around, and everybody asks, instead of bread is what? Hello? Is what? Stone. So, your father who can only, who only give good things, good things, can he take a stone and give to you the bread? Church, is it possible? Oh, I didn't hear your no properly. Did you say yes or no? In other words, you are suitable, you are qualified, and you are asking, Lord, open the door for me to get married. I need to marry a wife. I need to marry a husband. You are asking a good thing. He who finds a wife finds a good thing. So your father looks around, whether FCAC or GPRTU, wherever, looks around, and there's no good thing that he can give to you. And that's one reason why we ask and ask and ask. Not that God has not heard. He has heard. But the answer is not there. The answer is not there. And if you are fish, you are fish, can he take a serpent and give to you? Because then you will not become one flesh. You see, it will go directly against God's word. You can never become one flesh. And it will be difficult for him to give you his favor. Because you, not one, because you found a bad husband or a bad wife. Not a good wife, not a good husband. So you cannot get that favor. But may you all get that favor from God. I have been saying, I've said the word of God is like mathematics or at least arithmetic. One plus one is equal to two. One plus one is never 12. The other day, my, my, my wife has a victor, my, my grandson, that one plus, and they did one plus one is what he said, 11. 
Then Gabby said, Hey, it's not 11. One plus five. Mary did this. The boy said, 11. <laughs> Trying to help him, she said, 11. Hello? Church, note these things carefully. Therefore, see, if you've been praying for marriage for some time, the marriage has not come. Not that God has not heard, but God can only give you good things. A lot of times, when the good thing don't come, then we, we go out of our way and we ourselves play God. We go and select the evil thing, the bad thing. And then when afflictions and things go wrong, then we come back to God and ask for God's intervention. And God may say that, I never knew you. I never knew that man that you married. I never knew that woman that you married. I didn't give him to you. I didn't give her to you. You, get, you chose. You chose him. You chose her yourself. Clap your hands for Jesus. So today we're looking at a suitable married partner. A suitable married partner. This thing I'm telling you that has taken me about 25 years to develop for the Holy Ghost to you know, I used to believe in another thing, but over the years, somehow, Holy Ghost has led me now to believe, to accept that this is the situation. But as you hear this, because as you hear these words and as you hear these teachings, and as you believe in them, I believe that God is then opening the door for you to get married this year. And God is again changing and remodeling your marriage for you if you are already married. Amen. Clap your hands for Jesus. <laughs> Ephesians 4.13 Ephesians 4 verse 13 Ephesians 4.13 The Bible says, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That's where God wants us to get to. God wants us to get to, come to a point where we are all at the, with the unity of the faith. We all understand one thing. We all have one thing. No, we don't. We all believe in one thing, not two different things. The knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man or perfect woman, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Lord, no two persons are the same. No two persons are the same in character, in appearance. In the same way as there's nobody here who is your exact photocopy or your even identical twins are not exactly identical. In the same way, no two persons have the same character. We all have different characters. We all have different characters. And it's only when we come to the unity of the faith, we allow the one faith, unity of the faith to operate in our lives. It's only when we come to the point where God will say you are not a perfect man or perfect woman. We come to the fullness of the stature of Christ. That is when our character 
have been molded, shaping, smoothened, the point that now we all think alike, we all behave alike, we believe in the same things with Christ being the center. Christ being the center. And may we all arrive at this point. Amen. The same way as we all look different, so do we also all have this different characters. But when we come to the fullness of the stature of Christ, then our character has been molded in such a way that they are identical. They are identical. Just say character. Say character again. Choosing a spouse, choosing whom to marry, whether a husband or a wife, or saying yes to someone, when say, oh, I love you, I'd like to marry you, then say, to say yes, say yes, hmm. um, is a life-changing experience or decision. In other words, your life is about to be changed. The life that you led before is about to be changed. Always remember that. Before you say yes to somebody's proposal, or you decide to propose to somebody, remember that the life that you have been leading all the year until then is about to change. Because it's a life-changing decision. And therefore, before you go into it, you have to examine a lot of things. And they are, not, they are not difficult. Simple things. Simple things. My children, do not be forced into, do not be forced into a quick decision. Don't allow yourself to be led or forced into a quick decision. Decision that is going to change your life, the rest of your life. Do not allow yourself to be forced into a hasty or quick decision. A lot of times, by anxiety, anxiety over age, these are some common things that make us take quick decisions. You are anxious because you think time is passing you by. You are anxious because you think you are aging. You wake up in the morning and there's a wrinkle here that wasn't there yesterday. You say, hey, be a bong boy. Mean bong. I know early my ministry, or this sister, very beautiful sister. Very beautiful sister. And um, first of all, she made two mistakes. She went into a courtship that lasted five years. And the man finally ditched her. This sister, young and beautiful. Young and beautiful. After five years of courtship, the man ditched her. That was before, before she joined my ministry. She came to my church. She had been brokenhearted after five years. So that 
added to her anxiety. 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 And she was praying and praying and praying. And uh, I was there when she brought this sujaman from the barracks that, oh, finally, God, finally, God had given her a future husband, for which we were all very happy. And they started preparing for the wedding. Preparing for the wedding. Everything was fine. Two weeks before the wedding. Everything was ready for the wedding. Two weeks before the wedding date. Then the man remembered that he had an uncle back in the village who has not been informed about the impending wedding. So he had to go, by tradition, he had to go and inform the uncle. It all looked okay. But when this man, soldier man, who's supposed to be a soldier, you know, went to this 85-year-old, 85-year-old uncle, village, I think, some, if I remember, Keta Denu area, that area. He came back and told the fiancé, the future wife, that, oh, the uncle said that their area, they don't marry from Hoho area. <laughs> so, there's no way he will allow the marriage. If I were all devastated, we all I said, but we yourself, what do you say? Ah, if my, if that, I can't go get that uncle. I can't disown my uncle. I said, ah, but don't you love them? I said, I love her, but I, 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 I can't. So he canceled the wedding. Canceled the wedding. So you can imagine the trauma to this young lady. After this, this young lady was forced much later. So she left the ministry. She left my church. I didn't see her for years. Then I heard, later I heard that, oh, she had married. I said, oh, good. If she had married, then that's fine. Until one day I was working in the hospital. I saw this 90-year-old man lying on admission with a robber. You know robber? Robber. Catheter. Man was old, you know. And to my surprise, when the wife came to attend to him, it was this sister, my daughter. Old man with a rubber. Because he just wanted to get married, so he just married anybody. Old man with a catheter. What can he do? Can he do anything? <laughs> and I was doing world rounds. World rounds, I saw my daughter take towel and bath the man, powder him, perfume him, and the man was just lying down there. He was just lying down there. Church, it's happening. So don't be fooled by anxiety over age or circumstances 
Oh, you think people are laughing at you, people are saying things. No, don't be, don't be false. Observe these things. What you are, what you are hearing today, just put it into practice. Don't be false because of financial hardships. Oh, this one can take care of me. So, why not? Yes, 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 yes. Or even this woman can take care of me. Maybe you are a 25-year-old man, and you go and marry a 70-year-old woman because she can take care of you. Sugar mommy. Sugar daddy. Hello. Below, I, I, I've seen a lot. So, my son, listen to the instruction of your father. I've seen a lot. This year I'll be 70. I've seen everything under the sun. One day, General Hobbiton, there was this elderly man, 75, 80, very sick and dying. And there was this young woman sitting by his side, nursing, nursing him. So I thought the woman was his granddaughter. Not that the woman was his wife. And the woman was nursing him, you know, mobile. Then I was told that the man, the man is wealthy. And even at the age of 75, 80, he used to dress, you know, like a 15-year-old boy. So this woman attached herself to, to him. You know, you know, 75, 80, the man used to wear jeans and kamboo and, you know, chains and, you know. But he was about 75, 80 years old. So people, people kept telling the woman that you are 26. This man is about three times your age. But because the man can take care of her, she didn't mind. Then suddenly, bang. You know, when you reach a certain age, one morning you wake up now, see the no, no. So the, the man was admission. And actually, the woman had been chopping for the man. So when the thing happened, the, the family abandoned the man to her. And the man, the thing now, I feel like now the teeth, one, the thing now to do one, 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 one. Now, woman, it's now. Hello? I've seen a lot. Financial hardship. Don't let financial hardship force you into marriage because someone can take care of you, so you just say yes, 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 yes. You will regret it very soon. Or by att the attraction of social promotion. Oh, the man is an MP. So he's an honorable. So I'm even happy to be his third wife. Oh, you are saying, hey, say, oh. <laughs> oh, yes, I've seen it happen. Social promotion. Oh, the man has a VH. For the first time, I'm going to sit in a VH. Social promotion. No, sir. No, madam. No, sir. No, madam. Or even by overseas travel. Only one person said, hey. <laughs> but the man, the man lives abroad. So, to uh, Ghanaians, we think that anyone that lives abroad is better than anybody who lives in Ghana. Is that not so? 
Yes. In fact, it's an insult to us. <laughs> we consider that one the person is in Germany or wherever, then he's superior to everybody else in Ghana. I've seen somebody in Bremen, Ghanaian, selling Kobe in briefcase. I told you. Kobe. Well, I said suit about tie. Standing. With a briefcase. I was lodging, I went to visit some Ghanaians. He came there, instead of sitting with us, he went to the kitchen in his suit. He came out, and then my bio. I said, What is this man? He said, oh, Kobe in Kwan, or you going and selling Kobe, Momone, Totobi? Then the mother will be here saying, Maybe I will brush it. Suitability for marriage. The father man lives in America or somewhere. <laughs> Find out. Find out. Suitability. Suitability. Now away. If you might such a Kobe man, if you feel if you now can 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 they process the Kobe in the house. Don't let, don't let certain things at force you to take a hasty decision because you want to marry. Because you regret it very soon. soon. Very soon after that, you regret it. And there's no way you can become one flesh. You cannot become... Therefore, the favor of God will be missing. And don't forget, therefore, marriage must be Christ-centered. Marriage must be Christ-centered. Ephesians chapter 5 22, 23. You're going to look at other facts now. Ephesians 5, 22 and 23. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, it's 22 and 23. Wives, submit to your own husbands. Ask to the Lord. Just say, ask to the Lord. Hmm. For the husband is head of the wife. As also Christ is head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. That's what the scripture says. Is that in your Bibles? Okay, now. First, let's look at this scripture that describes the kind of relationship that might exist between wife and husband to be. Wives submit, wives submit to your own, your own husband. The way as you submit to the Lord, the way as you submit to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he's the savior of the body. Now, when you look at this scripture, now looking at the wife, remember that the man is going to be your head. The marriage you are going to enter into. The man is going to be your head in that marriage if you are the woman. That's what the Bible is saying here. Now, you are commanded to submit to him the same way as you submit to the Lord. You know, we submit to the Lord because we know that the Lord is good. Church say the Lord is good. And all the time, we submit to the Lord. We know the Lord is our Savior. 
we submit to him because we know he's the Lord. And he has only good things and even eternal life for us. Submit to your own husbands as you submit to the Lord. The same way as you submit to the Lord. But you look at the man, you are talking about the wife now. You look at the man you are going to marry. And many of you don't look. You don't look hard enough. You look at the man you are going to marry. And this is the reason why we are praying and you look at God has not answered us. Not because of anything, but the man who is going to be your head, who you are going to submit to, the same way as you are submitting to God, God looks at how you are submitting to him. He looks at this man. <laughs> this man. And he wants you to submit to him the same way as you are submitting to he, God. Meanwhile, the man is a bah. Hello? The man is is a connection man. The man is black and white. He's not just one, he's different. And can God say that you should you give you this man to submit to him the same way you are submitting to him? Do you think God will do that? Yes or no? So, you see, when you look at the word of God, the word of God is very, very plain. Submit to your own wives, your own husbands, as you submit to the Lord. The one that you want to marry, it is, it's not suitable in any way. And as a Christian, as God's daughter, whom he has nurtured and loves, he cannot give you such a man to submit to him. The same way as you submit to the Lord, no, no, no. It will be difficult for God to do that. Praise the Lord. The point here is that you are able to submit to the Lord because you know the Lord. You know him. You know the Lord. He's your savior, died for you, and loves you, takes care of you, and is your head as you are part of his body. Can you say the same thing, things about the man you agreed to marry? Or do you know enough about him to say that, oh, I want to submit to you. I want to submit to you. Can you say the same thing? Maybe not. It may be impossible to submit to a man you did not know well enough. You, you see, after you marry him now, you begin to see some things about him. And those things you cannot submit to. The man is P.O.P. Hello? P.O.P. Chisel. Can you submit such a man? Hello? The man doesn't show any love to you. The man is, is you can't submit. So, you know, look at it. Wives, submit to your own husbands. And they say, to the Lord. Praise the Lord. He's your savior. Will this man protect you? Is that man prepared to protect you? Is he prepared to save you? Protect you? Ephesians 5, 25 and 28. Ephesians 5, again. This time, 25 and 28. Husbands, love your wives. Just as, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Then verse 28. 
So husbands ought to love their own wives at their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Husbands are to love their wives. But sometimes, some of the wives are not just lovable. They are, they are simply not lovable. <laughs> I mean, they, they just put you off. First in the morning, they just annoy you in the morning. Before you go to work, they just annoy you. So how can you love a person as your own, your own body? Anything, anything she does just annoys you. Annoys you. So how can you, even though you intend to love her, consider she doesn't, probably doesn't love you. Doesn't love you. So it becomes difficult. And then the whole marriage begins to fall apart. Any small thing that goes wrong in marriage begins to tear the marriage apart. Tear the marriage apart. So look at, take a look at these scriptures again. You don't have time to go into further detail. But <laughs> take, good, take good notice of these um, um, scriptures again. Now we know that it's almost impossible. It's almost humanly impossible for any two so that all these criteria, and that is why courtship comes in. There's something called courtship. Just say courtship. Say courtship. Courtship, therefore, is a period of time between um, when a couple meets and express interest in, in each other and the time when they get married to each other. The time between when they express interest to marry or to in each other and the time when they actually marry. That is the period of what we call courtship. And courtship must come in. Courtship must come in. Those of you from Teshin, some of you may wonder why I refuse to get involved in them. You know my daughter, you know Irene. Teshin, Teshin, are you here today? You know Irene? I mean, I, it's what I, I, I loved her. I liked her as my daughter. But I was there one day when the, the father came. Her father came and told me that, oh, a family, a family, certain family have come to see him and said that their son, son is ready to marry his daughter, that's Irene, immediately. Immediately. Oh, how? So no courtship. So the family is putting pressure on him. They must marry immediately. The church was completely left out. So I said, I asked the father, so what is the man's name? The man who wants to marry your daughter, what's his name? He said, Mikra Menkayu. So what do you expect me to do? Knowing me as I am, what do you think? What do you expect me to do? In fact, I felt that both as communicating he and the, uh, the daughter, everybody out of the church. But the grace of God, it didn't happen. So I said, so the man, what work does he do? That means, he means Where does he live, Pastor? Any question I ask, you know. So immediately I wash my hands of the same thing, the whole thing. I wash my hands. 
I hear they are married now. I wish them God bless me. But I'll not get involved in such a thing. Courtship. And courtship, courtship is an entirely an affair between, it begins it's a, at the start, it's purely between the man and the woman. It's not your family going to ask for somebody's hand for you. It is not your uncle going with snaps or going, no, no, no. It's you seeing each other, and then usually the man who proposes. The woman must not propose if the man proposes. So the, woman, the man, you, 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 you watch, there's, a, there's what you call a latent period. A time when the man, you, you begin to examine the woman without telling her, you haven't told her anything. She's not even aware that you are watching her. Or you watch her, you watch some things, and you do, you watch her love for God, you watch her character, the way she walks, the way she, she speaks, the way she does things, you watch her, and then you say, oh, I think I like her. Then you begin, you begin to get closer. You change your chair in the church, you begin to sit next to her. When she, hey, when she asks you, why have you not moved here? So, how not fan, no fan, no fan, no fan, no I've come to sit here. Fan, no You know, that are tricks. Hello? Fan, no boss. I remember ball one time, I had no fan, no. Or, if where you are sitting, there's no fan, why she sits, there's a fan, so, I'm a fan, no fan, no fan, no fan, no fan. You can even watch and see when she comes to church. The time she comes, then you you got take it to her. You pay announcement. You always come to church. Oh, always. And church women are very smart. Oh, women are very smart. They they don't see these things. You say how can I say no? Then be only share gate now. No. Then be only share gate. No, but also for fun. They not see these things. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And uh, that will also make her begin to watch you. Uh, ladies, All right. they, they are very smart. They also begin to watch you. Hello? They begin to watch you. Then little by little, you become friends. You become friends. But, judge, if you see that now you've moved to sit next to the lady, what you change? Then she also moves for go sit another place. Don't go there again. Yes, <laughs> oh no no. <laughs> she had now abandoned her permanent seat and gone to another seat far away from you. Don't chase her there. Especially when you go there, she changes her seat again. Also go there. If not, if not, she will, she will tell them, please, but men, men chasing me, help you. And then you will take offense. You have to be wise about these things. Hello? But if you're moving next to her, she will have cleaned the chair for you and put, and put a handkerchief on it for you and even perfume the church for you. It's a good sign. Shall I say, it's a good sign. Clap your hands for Jesus. Hello? 
Are you getting something this morning? Okay, thank you, Jesus. Say thank you, Holy Spirit. Say thank you, Father. And then you are now, you'll be emboldened. You see, you're not the man, now you feel now emboldened because now you know that when you say, oh, uh, I want, you know, I, I like you and I, I would like to begin courtship with you um, prayerfully, but you pray about it. Don't force it, pray about it. And then the woman that cannot say, oh, yeah, oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. No, no, no. Say, okay, I'm going to pray. Oh, umpire. And then go and, truly go and pray about it. And the Lord will lead you. If the man is sweeter, the man will lead you. But which time you see the man is sweeter, we are also suitable. At that time, the man is suitable. Before you go, make sure that you are, you are suitable, not that ready. You are suitable. The woman too is suitable. Church, would this surprise you? Know what I mean, I was not even praying for marriage when I met my wife. I wasn't, and she wasn't praying for marriage when she met me. Hello? When the two, one or two of, two of us met together, boom, boom, boom. We're, not, we're not praying. But because we're suitable for each other, because we're suitable, you see, otherwise you don't even have to pray. That's what I'm saying. You don't have, or even if you pray, you have to pray for long, or pray to, to, too hard. When you are suitable, God knows it. And God will bring you together. And when I saw her, hey, you see, about where they require about bounce me on. So I didn't have the courage. Didn't have the courage. And no many, many of you men don't have the courage. Yes. In fact, it's good not to have the courage. It's a sign of submission, humility. Praise the Lord. But the way she responded to gave me the courage. Hello? And that's why I'm standing before you this morning. <laughs> Hello. God brought you now for Jesus. So it's really a matter between the man and the woman. Family has not come in yet. Family hasn't come in yet. Courtship is typically between six months and two years, unless for some reason. Six months to two years. And during this time, during the time of courtship, that's when the woman has said yes, the man too has said yes. Six months to two years. They must, each partner must satisfy himself or herself that they are both believers. The first thing is that they are believers. Make sure that the person you are proposed to person you are saying yes to is a believer. Now, to court an unbeliever, to say yes, in it to an unbeliever, is to court a serpent. You're courting a serpent, yes. A serpent in sheep clothes. And not a husband or a wife. To say yes to an unbeliever is risky, dangerous. Risky and dangerous. 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 6, 15b. 2 Corinthians 6, 15b. 2 Corinthians 6, 15b. Is this watch correct? What's the time now? 
What the time now? Let me just twelve. Hey. Ah. Or what, what, what part has a believer with an unbeliever? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And like we said, the two must both be suitable and ready for marriage. So first condition, believer. Believer. Because a believer has no part in an unbeliever. Church, note this very carefully. And when you go and bring somebody, bring an unbeliever from somewhere, don't expect me to find, do that for you. You must do that yourself. You bring the person. I'm not going to examine the person and say yes or no. No, you have said yes already. The two must both be ready to marry. Or switch off for marry. Um, now remember that courtship is not marriage or even betrothal. But it is be expected, we all expect that courtship will ultimately end happily in a godly marriage. Courtship is no marriage yet. And when I say that, that it means that during courtship, the woman must not go and serve the man. I've seen it happen. I can't, I, there are a lot of things I can say to you, but I, can't, I don't have time. The woman must not be cooking for the man breakfast, lunch, and supper. But they're using her own money. The woman must not go and serve, wash the man's clothing, iron his things. And we had a case like that in chapter one. Where somebody was courting a lady, and this lady will, this sister will go and serve the man's mother. The man was outside. And the man has asked his mother to look for a wife for him outside. He lived in the UK. So the mother looked in the church and selected somebody. And then this woman, without even seeing the man, she had not seen the man before, only photographs. She would go to the woman's future mother-in-law, sweep, weed, cook, pan fufu, chin da akpene, banku, Everything. Then when the man came down, the man looked at his sister and said, oh, I don't, I don't like her. <laughs> Chapter one. Became a problem for us in the church. <laughs> now the mother-in-law was afraid. I tell you, the mother-in-law, the man's mother was afraid that when she comes to the church, the woman will beat her up. So she wasn't coming to church. Not that. We bought booming. <laughs> it was a big problem. The man, man said, oh, this, is not, this is not the kind of woman I want to marry. So the, the man that rejected the woman, and the woman was so bitter against the, the mother, with the intent of now planning to beat her up. She didn't answer. So courtship is not a time when you have to go and serve or perform the duties of a wife or husband. The man must not give chop money regularly. Because if the courtship doesn't go well, bitterness will set in. Bitterness will set in. I have many examples I can give, but that, that is enough. Praise the Lord. The two must pray more. Must pray more. Oh, before I go on, um, 
the, the, the couple who are courting must introduce themselves to the church, uh, to the pastors. And then we we'll announce in the church that these two are courting. These two are courting. That's the next thing. Uh, for some reasons, um, we we'll make their courtship public. It is to, to protect them. So that if maybe somebody too is eyeing the lady or eyeing the man, the person will now step back. So there will not be competition or rivalry. No rivalry in the church, no competition in the church. So we announce it publicly. And then also to counsel them. Counsel them, support them. What about, what about we help them as far as we can at the church. That's how it must go. Now, um, they, must, they must get to, during that time, they must get to know each other very, very well. Good habits, good habits are reinforced and copied. If the man has a good habit, the wife must copy it and reinforce it. And bad habits must be discarded. Bad habits must be discarded. Praise the Lord. Bad habits. What are some of the bad habits that you wouldn't like in your husband, the ladies? What are some? What? What? Greed. Stinginess. P.O.P. P.O.P. Are you listening? Anything else? What? Lying. Yes. Yes, quick temper, anger. Anger. You know, chapter 3, we're praying, miracles that we're praying for. This young man came to the church. Miracles the first time. Oh, slim young man. And when we began to pray for him, this guy began to. <sighs> Spirit of anger. How many of you remember that day? Yes, you were there. Oh. I was praying for him. Now, as he, Lord, tire pumping. Then the masses came out, spirit of anger. So, anger. Sometimes, even things like snoring. You know, snoring? Yes. yes. Snoring. It's a trumpet. It's not just anger or singleness. Wake up the whole house, the whole neighborhood. Then when we says, when we, when he changing position, or pour a hum hum, or the car that ring ring ring. Any position has his key. <laughs> you have to do something about it. Do something about it. It's a habit. It's a habit. So, good habits are copied. The other person has copied and reinforced it. Bad habits might be discarded. And the only things I can see, the only thing I can see, dressing, maybe not dressing, you know, I'm not saying you should be rich, but dress, dressing well and, you know, talking. What? What? Very necessary. They're dressing. Very necessary, you see? You hear? Okay, now, the, the men, now it's your turn. 
What are some of the bad habits you don't like? The women, have you said all? Hey, you have more. Ah. The men, what, what, and do you have anything? After the men, they will say, oh, we, we don't mind. Anything goes. Concerned you. But the women are more concerned than the men. Yes. The men, any habits that you don't, you don't like, and you don't see in your wife or your future wife? And for the men, anything goes. You don't, have, you don't mind. Hey. And oh. <laughs> the men, you don't have anything. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's clap a hand for Jesus. And let me say that there's, during courtship, there's absolutely no room for fornication, no room for sex. No room for sex. Give the devil no place. The devil likes to come in. <laughs> Ephesians 4.27. Give the devil no place. Nor give place to the, to the devil. Nor give place to the devil. Ephesians 4.27. Be careful you don't give place to the devil in any way. And here you have to be wise. Be wise enough to avoid situations that expose you to fornication. Such as late night visits. Late night visits. Staying overnight in the same room and being together alone. You know, we had a, a case, I think the man was, they, they were both unwise. You see, the woman lived in an outstation and the man was in Tema. So anytime the man had to go and visit the woman, you know, he had to travel, which is okay. But then, because he had to stay overnight, they sleep in the same room. That is recipe for disaster. That is going to be disastrous. And many years ago, we even had a case where a pastor, a pastor, a pastor, I think they want to watch, they want to watch a video with some sisters at a Mataheko. And the video, they watch video to 1 a.m. And then they realized that now that they couldn't come back so they had to sleep. And apparently some things happened. So pastor, some things happened the night. So you have to avoid, you have to be wise about it. You have to be wise about it. When we chapter one, we had a, there was a lady who, who, was, who loved the church. Loved the church, and what happened was that she was in a different church, and someone was courting her. And apparently, one day she had just gone to have a bath, and was just changing naked. And this young man, anytime he comes in, we just open the door, no knocking, enter. So this time he opened the door and found that the sister was naked, and. Uh, Satan then jumped in and some things happened and the girl was so distraught, so hurt that she, she ended the courtship left the church and joined our church she came and told me that is what happened ended the courtship and joined the church she, couldn't, she just couldn't forgive herself and forgive the young man so please be wise about this staying overnight staying late alone in one place 
Very dangerous. Because when you do that, you will give the devil a place. Give the devil a foothold. Church, are you getting something this morning? So any man that will insist on sex with you is not suitable. And any man who, any woman who also demands sex is not suitable either. Not suitable. Hello? Prepare financially. You might prepare, you want to prepare financially and materially for their wedding. The, the, a big part is coming. Prepare financially and materially for you. We don't caution for your marriage. Care might be taken out to, to, to aim beyond your means or to borrow. You must not aim too high and not borrow. Now, later on in the courtship, when everything is well, going on well, um, you might get to know your respective parents. That's now this when the parents come in. It's late in the courtship. That's when the parents come in. Before, so that before you come, you have done all your homework already. Everything is already. So you just go to introduce your, your man or your woman. That is all. So that comes late in the courtship. Um, get to know their respective future in-laws um, and their hometowns, if necessary. And when it comes to hometowns, when you go to the hometown, yes, uh, you see, it's, it's possible to see a, a young man here, very nice, like, I, like I said, this is who saw this soldier man, very handsome, oh, loving Christian. But when they go into a hometown, they know Keta uh, area. When you go there, open your eyes. We had a case where there was a sister, Tatawan, against us. Everything happened in Tatawan. There was this sister who was being courted by a very handsome young man. In fact, the sister would be, I consider, a blessing to get that man to marry. Then, late in the courtship, the sister decided to take the man to go and see her parents. When they got there, the woman's father was a fetish priest. Fetish priest. So in the night, they gave the man a room to sleep in. The man was lying down. Then late in the night, he heard as if sand was being thrown on the, on the roof. He had thrown and he had shout, shout, shout. Ah, what is this? So he opened the door, came out, and there was the woman's father naked with calabash full of a mixture of sand and corn, throwing it on the man's, in other words, forced to force the man to marry her daughter. Then when the man, this man, then he ran inside. And the man came back, and the room was where he was, there was a smell there. And the man was a soldier man, he said, soldier man. Uh, smell in the room. Ah, he went across. So he, he began to set the room. Then he said, and then under his pillow, under his pillow that he was lying on, I know that. So you know that story. Was uh, excuse me, excuse me. You know, women when you have your period, what do you call it? Is the the pad, the pad, blood under his pillow. That ended. If it were, if it were you, would you marry such a woman? 
So the father in the hometown spoiled everything, spoiled the courtship. The hometown, the village, and the first part. So the man came and said, Daddy, me want it that. I will not, me want it that. No, 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 no. The woman, the man didn't get married again. Never again. So when you get to hometown or the parents, open your eyes and then decide what you want to do. If something that can be, that can be changed, something that can be corrected, do correct it. Wait. Correct that thing before you go to that marriage. If the village, you go to the hometown, and before you enter the house, there's a, a fetish, there's a, an idol. You have to, I hear that now there's, there's a house in Teshin here. When you go there, everybody has to remove his, uh, your, your have to remove your footwear. So anytime about 20 shoes, you don't enter the house with shoes. So if you go to your village, the village and the house, you have to remove your shoes. Don't come against that. Be okay. Anya okay. Praise the Lord. Now you have to step over an idol. Bosom who transcend what you have. Everything's all okay. It means you have to pray more. Then you must know. It means that this will give you an idea of what you are. We will come to that. What you are going to. Church, are you with me? Clap your hand for Jesus then. So get to know your in-laws. If you have in-laws like me, you don't have anything to worry about. Hello? And anyone who has you as an in-law should have nothing to worry about. Amen. Well, I didn't hear your amen properly. Amen. Now, next thing, before you marry, before you marry, there's lots we have to talk about too. If there's any treatable condition, medical condition, treat it. Treat it before you marry. For example, if you're a man, and you have a hernia. You know hernia? A chum. A chum. A chronoi. Hello? Get it done. Don't let the woman see it on your honeymoon. First day of your honeymoon, your chum is like a cocoa sack. If you have skin rash, treat it. Skin rash, treat it. And even if you are a woman, you know that you have large fibroids, you have large fibroids, get it done. Get it done. And if you are a man in Ghana, we like to circumcise. If you are a man and you are not circumcised, hello? What do you do? Huh? You get circumcised. I know that general hospital. I know when I was working, only a general office low, you know, from Ashaman. Somebody who's now 45 years old, he came for circumcision. Ah, now, now, now to hire them. And the, what, what, what are you waiting for? Either he was waiting to become a chief, because chiefs don't circumcise. And we're well, well, Or now he has met someone he wants to marry. The man said, hey, let me be married, will be away at the bottle. Oh, we see a lot. As a doctor, as a pastor, I've seen a lot. When they come, and when they come, we charge them ten times. Because adult circumcision is very difficult. It's major surgery. Adult circumcision. So if you are married, you are not circumcised, do it. If you have any condition that can be treated, do it. 
before you get married. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, what else? Um, and you know, something we call them piles. Very common. You know piles? Piles, cocoa, can be treated. Bad breath can be treated. Excessive, unacceptable, trumpet-like snoring. And foot rot. You know foot rot? Foot rot. We use socks now. Ah. And if you have been in any previous relationships, if you were divorced before, let the other partner know. If you unsuccessful courtships in the past, previous marriages and partners, children, and if you have trouble with the law, if you have had a trouble with the law, let the partner know. If you have any financial assets or debts, many of us are very, very cagey. We are secretive. If you have financial assets, let the person know. And if you are in debt and people are chasing you for their money, let the person know. Let your wife or your, or your husband to be know. Church, are you with me? The husband and the man and the wife, they were naked and they were not ashamed. Don't hide anything from each other. Church, clap your hands for Jesus. These are things that go into a godly and um, happy marriage. Now, church, listen carefully. I want to add here a word of caution, a very big word of caution, concerning the suitability of persons considered to be royals. Royals. Who may be in line to be instilled to become chiefs or queens, a chief or a queen. Church, let me say it again. I want to add here a word of warning. If someone begins to walk culture and get to know the person says a royal, comes from a royal family. Now that's your own idea, he is in line to be instilled as a chief or a queen. Don't be happy about that. Do, hello? Don't be excited about that. In fact, it's a big problem. It's a big problem. Many, many people have overlooked this, and it has caused them dearly. So, in doing the courtship, find out the person's background. When you go are proud to be called royals, they are pretty feel proud, they feel big. But they shouldn't be. Shouldn't be. Um, do, not, do not neglect to ascertain this background thoroughly. Because biblically, the African traditional chief or queen is not suitable for marriage to a believer. That's the fact. The African traditional chief or queen it's not suitable for marriage to a believer. Period. Arrest my case. So if a royal 
um, don't be excited, oh, I'm going to be chief. And you think it's a plus. No, it's, not, it's, an, it's a minus. Now, we come to the next, point, the next part. It's, as you pray to God and set for, seek for a married partner, be always aware that not everyone is spiritually fit for marriage. Just say spiritually. Now we're going to a spiritual aspect. We have talked about social, financial, other things. Character. Now, spiritual aspect. Church, are you still with me? We are not tired. Remember that it's not everyone ready for marriage who is spiritually suitable or fit or qualified for marriage. Even in churches, much more so in the world. Even in churches, much more so in the world. There are a number of individuals, and we know it, it's a fact, who are living their lives under the control of ancestral and family cases and covenants. There are many or a number of individuals. They look fine, they look all right, but they are living their lives. The life that they are living, they are living under the control. They are being controlled by ancestral and family covenants and cases. Background. Born into their family. So these things happen to them. Very often, such, a, such an individual according to the ungodly covenant is cursed to live his or her life in either church poverty say poverty say poverty sickness lack of progress or even forbidden to marry that a person is forbidden to marry the covenant there doesn't allow him or her to marry. Though they are allowed to have children, they can be allowed to have children, but they are not allowed to marry. Marriage is out. You can have as many children as possible. One of my, one of my nieces died recently. Niece. Four children. Four children, different men. Each one, and she had no husband all her life. And all the four children, each of them were with other people's husbands. And if you see this, my niece, they don't know how she's able to mesmerize these handsome men who were already married. One, 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 one. She died. So you look at the consider, oh, this is definitely a case following her. Definitely. Four father different. And all the fathers are they are like um, stranger. Uber, 
from her. How who are no strangers? Well, you don't know how. You are not not from the town. We land here, not a capital. As soon as, soon as you land at the lorry station, you are capital. And then, why? So you you have to bear this in mind. And that's why you have to be in the hot church. You have to be in the hot church. Poverty, sickness, lack of progress, forbidding to marry. Though she or he may be allowed to have many children, usually with different partners. First Timothy 4, 1 to 3. First Timothy 4, 1 to 3. First Timothy 4, 1 to 3. Now, the Spirit expressly says that in other times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry, and commanding to abstain from fools which God created to receive with thanksgiving, or by those who believe and know the truth. Doctrines of demons. Many years ago, I came across a pastor. This is a pastor. A pastor, the curse following him is that he can marry. But after he had two children, he has to divorce the wife and marry again. Two children. The woman was allowed not more than two. Then you have to go. Another one has to come. So when I met this woman who was not here, she was the third wife. Two previous times have come. They both had two, two children who were divorced. And this woman said she would not go. And the slaps, the pastor oh, slaps, more oh, treating, beating up the woman. The woman said she won't go. And the woman told me that when, when she met the man, he went, she went to his house, and the house, no furniture. Not knowing that the previous wife, in anger, Took all the furniture away. Church, who quarrel or soft will be? Few. We are bad. Who quarrel or soft will? Because if you are a conya, say, Queen, you want my own, said there's something wrong. No, what Jimmy? Not even one plastic chair in the whole house. The woman also went ahead and married. Now, after two children, it was her turn to go. No, so uncle. And the beating started. Or soft will. So we're praying for this woman. Then he came and said, "Now no one will say, 'Bema no onwariana, onwariya o tu pana esoko.' They say no. This is what they said. As I saw, next one also trying to The man has married the woman. The man has started courting the next one already, and the next one too has foolishly said, 'Yes, yes, 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 yes.' But see, then they say, 'Onoso, onoso, oba onoso ba ko.'" If you marry such a man, or you're so for, what do you think can happen? Just say spiritual. So don't neglect to observe the spiritual aspect also. Hello? This was a case. Case. In a big case. Very bad case. I'm getting there. Now, so there are some that are being followed by cases. The curses might be broken. They can be broken only, I'm not saying you shouldn't, you shouldn't, you shouldn't marry them. 
But remember that there's a remedy, there's a, there's a solution. Curses can be broken if you are properly in Christ Jesus, if you are committed, if you are holy, the curses can be overruled. But then when you know that this is what is happening, then you know what you must do. Now, another group of persons who are not fit for marriage to believers are those who themselves are demon-possessed. They need to be delivered through prayers. Now, we know that these prayers, they either kill, steal, or destroy. And when you attach yourself to such a person, the Bible says that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. There are some, especially in the world, in the world, in the world, those of you who bring your partner from outside, be very careful. More so in the world. Many of such people cannot stay in this church. Many of those who are doing possession, they cannot, they come and they, they run away, they go away. They go away. But they are, outside, there are many. There are many. They look beautiful, they look handsome, but inside, they are demon possessed. And if you join yourself as a person, you become one body with him or one body with her. And they are there only to kill, steal, and to destroy. As you are joining yourself with a person, you say, nothing works for you. Everything that keeps going down, down. Anything you attempt to just, will just not work out. You can see that poverty comes in, problems. Problems. You can, the favor is gone. You, are, you can see it after a while. That, 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 something going on wrong here. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Second Corinthians 6, 15b. 16, sorry, 15a. Second Corinthians 6. Second Corinthians 6, 15a. And what accord has Christ with Belial? Second Corinthians 6, 15a. And what accord has Christ with Belia? So we talk about those who are being followed by curses or living under curses and covenants. About those who themselves are demon-possessed. The next group of people who are not suitable are those who are spiritually married, spiritual marriage. Spiritual marriage. A person may be single and yet married spiritually at the same time. Usually to a close relative. A member of the family. <laughs> and that is a very serious matter. Spiritual marriage. Very often, spiritual marriage leads to infertility. Cannot have children. And because the man has no sperms, they destroy the man's sperms. The man is not supposed to marry, but the woman is married already. Or the man is married already, cannot have children. So we have what we call oligospermia or isospermia. And the person we marry to is usually a close relative. Close relative. It can be the mother or the father, if it's a woman, a girl, the father, an uncle, an aunt, or even a sister. Social marriage is there. And if you if you marry such a person, then you are the second husband or the second wife. Second wife. Spiritual marriage can also exist between people who have had sexual contact before. Maybe you were a man and you had a girlfriend or a boyfriend. 
and the person had a bad spirit. That's why I have to be very careful. Told about this young man we're delivering in Bible school. Didn't become a pastor. We're praying that he started manifesting. So we, we got around him, we started delivering him. And we cast out as many as, I've got about 9, 10, 11, 12 demons out of this so-called pastor. And the demons each time they were leaving, what's your name? My name is Esther. Come here, come here, come here, come here. What's your name? Friend Rebecca. Here, come here, come here, come What's your name? Monica. What's your name? Josephine. What's your name? Tina. So when we finish, we ask them, how come they're mad, they're mad demons? They're mad demons. I'm going, You know what he said? The doctor, I was the leader of the deliverance team. The doctor, you know, uh, before I became a believer, ah, the girls will come and blow you, go, I blow you, go, I blow you, go, I blow you, go. I blow you, you go, I blow you, you go. When they come and blow you, then you go. When they come and blow you, then you go. Ah, they were blowing you, didn't you know? So usually, and because imagine if we are speaking married to our 12 girls, married to 12 previous girlfriends, still, how can you marry? How can you marry a woman and the woman will have peace? The woman will have peace. I met a, a young man many years ago at a, um, a, a, what, a social security bank, SSB. He said, Pastor, I want to tell you something. I was in Africa's. He was in Africa's. And he had many girlfriends. I said, Papa Ghana. Papa Ghana. Oh. Now, when he's sleeping at night, one particular one. One particular one B. <laughs> in the night, this woman will just appear through the wall in Ghana. Now, as a sorry, as a no, 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 my hospital. What do you call hospital? Hospital. Or they call police station. police Parliament And I advise him. said, this thing can lead to death. Don't find one oh, didn't mind me. They wouldn't even allow you to go to church. When they get you like that, they won't allow you to go to church. They, they will not allow you to serve God. Not long after, this young man got HIV. You see, they always kill you through something. They gave me HIV and he died. He died. This particular one will come through the wall. If you go marry such a man, you marry such a man, nice, handsome man, fair colored. What, what do you expect? Church. May God have mercy on us all. Amen. So that when you <laughs> when you wish one at a Tazi rank, Tazi rank, oh yes, yes, caught in trouble. Praise the Lord. So those who are into spiritual marriage. And then remember. Finally, spiritually, shall I say witches? 
and wizards. There are witches and there are wizards. They can be in the church, but more so outside the church. They can camouflage in the church, more so outside. But by their fruit, you shall know them. By their fruit, you shall know them. And they can even take up commanding positions in the church. Commanding positions in the church. They like to be at the front. They like to be in charge. The witches and wizards to control. They are always at the front. They, like, they don't like taking back seats. They like to take control. Remember there was, when in chapter, chapter 4, there was one of them who revealed to me. And this woman, a woman, when the time we were praying, she liked to pray and then go beyond me. I'm at the front. She would start and then go behind me. Stand here. I am in front of praying. Then she would go and then, so I told her, hey, man, man, shall me be. Later, he said, I said, who she told me that a horn who said my hono. I saw one pie I can pray, but men traveling could not meet. Hello? So be aware of all these things. Now, what is the solution? Uh, finally, we are coming to an end that we can take questions and answers, discussion. How do you how do you the answer of solving all these spiritual problems is commitment to God. You don't know, I don't know. Commitment to God in a, uh, in a hot, Holy Spirit-filled church. Commitment to God in a hot and Holy Spirit-filled church. So these witches, when they come to the, the, the first they touch is to, is, to, is to kill the fire of the Holy Ghost. They want to quench the fire so that the church will no longer be hot. So they can operate. They don't like hot churches. So, commitment to God in a hot and Holy Spirit-filled church. That's the first answer. Second answer, the next thing you have to do is guidance by thorough knowledge of God's word. Know God's word. That, that will lead you to understand some things. Thorough knowledge or guidance by a thorough knowledge of God's word. Be guided by a thorough, good knowledge Detailed knowledge of God's word. Holiness and consistent prayer life. Holiness and consistent prayer life. That's number three. Holiness and consistent prayer life. Four. Praying for the Holy Spirit guidance. And protection in your search for a marriage partner. Praying or asking for God's guidance, Holy Spirit guidance, and protection in your search for a partner in marriage. Praying for Holy Spirit guidance and protection as you search for, try to find a partner. Five, being sober and vigilant. Be sober and vigilant. Keep your eyes open. Keep your ears open. 
be ruled by your mind, knowledge, and not by your heart or emotions. Let your mind, let your knowledge take control. Don't let your heart, your emotions be, be in charge. And then if necessary, get spiritual hands in number six, final one. So number five, be, be sober and vigilant. Be ruled by your mind, that's knowledge, and not by your heart or emotions. Then six, final one, get spiritual counseling from your pastors if necessary. Get spiritual counseling from your partners, from your pastors, sorry, if necessary. Praise the Lord. With that, we come to the end of today's teaching now. Before we take questions, let me remind you that uh, the topics we are going to discuss, this is, the, this is the suitability for marriage. Now, next time we are going to go into specifics. Next time, our next meetings, we're going to deal with specific issues. For example, we're going to look at laziness. Hello? <laughs> laziness. Opposite of which is hard work. Then do you know that next one, what do you look at? Untidiness and filth. What we have seen? Hello? A fee. Tidy, clean, organized. Many of us are disorganized. We are not organized. Then we look at selfishness, selfishness, stinginess, greed, content. And we look at pride. And then sometimes, another time we look at, surprisingly, we look at foolishness. Don't say, say, oh. That's foolish. I mean, if you marry a man who is foolish, do you think you'll be happy in that, in that marriage? Oh, I, I, are you with me? You marry a man who, when he gets his salary, he goes to spend all the money on loto. He comes back home, the money is all gone. Yeah, did lot no. Will you be happy with that? <laughs> is that foolishness? Hello? Then, of course, we look at anger or wrath. We look at hatred, negligence, negligence, ignorance. We look at waste, prodigality, prodigal son, godlessness. Then we look at, we also consider domineering, bossy spirits. Domineering and bossy. Bossy. And then dishonesty. I know a man who married a woman. This man, this man was poor. The man was poor. He married a woman who has worked very hard. The man was a trader. Worked hard and bought land bought land. And people were encroaching on her land. She wanted to go and build a wall around. The man said, no, no, no. I'm not giving you authorization to build a wall. You I didn't buy the wall. You didn't buy the land. Domineering bossy. I'm not giving you authorization. I, I, I hear that his favorite word in the house was, before you eat, get my authorization. Before you bath, get my authorization. Anything authorized. Meanwhile, he himself didn't have cobble. Hello? 
So we're going to look at all these things. Do you agree with me? We have a lot to talk about. Amen.